and welcome to the Senate Pass podcast brought to you by Netball Draft Central. My name is Jared Gardner. I'm joined by Talamalki, Sophie Taylor, and Steph Smirelli is back this week. Steph, back after a trip around Europe. It's good to have you back. And uh, what have you thought? What, how did you enjoy Europe? And what did you think of, I guess, the World Cup and, and Super Netball this weekend? Yeah, it's um, really good to be back. I really enjoyed Europe. Um, had the Kentucky cough a little bit, but <laughs> that's fine. Um, I'll get over that. Um, the World Cup, I didn't. I saw bits and pieces of it. Um, thank God there was an app <laughs> that you could watch it on. And whenever the Wi-Fi connection was strong enough, I was trying to watch it. I thought it was interesting to see New Zealand come out on top. A uh, little bit surprising, but also I don't think you can really be surprised when you've got a coach of that calibre coaching aside. The first match when we went up against New Zealand, I thought towards the end we were really, really struggling. I think we were lucky to get away with that win. Um, and then obviously the final, I did see bits and pieces because as I was getting to the airport. But from what I saw, I just thought New Zealand had the better of us for most of it. Yeah, well, it's good to have you back. I've been dealing with these two for, for the last few weeks, so, so it's good to have you <laughs> yeah. back in the studio. Uh, Taylor, Sophie, what did you guys think of round 10 of Super Netball? It was a party. <laughs> Drama filled, yeah. That's one way to say it. I really enjoyed round 10. I mean, it's great having the netty back, honestly. I've missed seeing all the, um, all the, all the games um, and seeing my beloved Vixens play, so... It was, Get it me was a, a good bucket. time. <laughs> Gosh. I think it's just good to have netball back in general. I think you don't realise how much, like, we've become so reliant on it. Like, oh, okay, we can watch the netball or this is happening or that's happening. So it's good to have it back. And, I mean, they definitely kicked it off in, st- in style with some really close games. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's good to just have it back on the weekend. It's just kind of um, a bit, bit of a hole while it was missing. Just didn't know what to do with myself when the netball <laughs> wasn't on. But uh, st- we'll get straight into it now. The first match of round 10 was the Lightning and the Firebirds, the Queensland Derby. And it was Lightning who came out on top by two goals, 66 to 44. Uh, this was a, an interesting match because I didn't, I, I probably didn't expect it to be this close. And the Firebirds did a great job. Were seven goals down at the final break, won the last quarter, 19 to 14, to to bring it back to a two goal margin. Um, but I think the Lightning were impressive in the first half, but just probably faded out a little bit. And I guess that might be due to fatigue. Uh, but what did you guys think of this match? I was really impressed with that last quarter from the Firebirds. I thought a lot of their players stepped up at the right time and a couple of changes that were made really seemed to benefit the team. Um, in particular, just that fight they showed towards the end, I think they just ran out of time. Like they had, had another five minutes in that match, they would have overrun the Lightning I would even Easily. say a, a minute or two because you yeah. could just see they had that momentum and it was like the Firebirds we'd seen of old where they were just really like good passes, good structure, and they just knew that they could count on one in one another to do the little things right and then just get the ball down into the attack end, which was actually firing for a change, which it sounds harsh, but they've been struggling with combinations and Gretel Tippett's been doing a lot of the load and she's been doing it well, but then having Aiken come come on after the in in the second quarter you could see after a little bit of time the rhythm in attack started to pick up uh, once again and they looked like a lot more of a cohesive unit yeah exactly in that uh, offensive third I guess 
it was interesting. Potgeeter started in goal shooter, um, only four from five from the time she was on the court. And then Ramada Aiken comes into the game and 30 or 32, which is a really good output from her, considering the one critic of her, the one critique of her game is that she misses a lot of shots for, for a goal shooter. So uh, 30 or 32 is a good result. 30 or 31 for Gretel Tippett. So some good combinations and some good signs for the Firebirds going into the last little bit of the season. Yeah, 100%. And I think defensively as well, you could see they really struggled in that opening term, uh, especially Kim Jenner and Tara Hinchliffe. The experience of Conan and Wood just, you know, really exploited them right across the defensive third. They couldn't get hands to ball and they were just getting called for contacts because they were trying. You could see the desperation. They knew that they had to try and create some type of momentum to stop the attacking flow of of lightning. But then once Laura Clemesha came on, she kind of just provided that level head, that experience down down back. And I think that kind of settled them a little bit and was like, all right, we can work ourselves back into it. We don't have to score straight away. And what I really liked about the Firebirds as well was that even though they started out a little bit slow, they were a little bit hesitant with it. They really warmed up to the game and took the game on. Whereas even the Firebirds of a few weeks ago, they probably wouldn't have been able to do that. They they didn't have the um, confidence in themselves to actually take it to those teams. Um, so for them to be able to put out a relatively good performance, I'd say it was more of a three-quarter performance because they were really chasing after that first half. Um, but... They were even in the third quarter with Lightning and won the last one. So you could essentially say that they really did, um, they they did really take it to them. Um, yeah, and it was just that slow start that seems to lose the game for them most weeks. Yeah, well, the way we've been talking about the Firebirds, it kind of sounds like they won the game, but the Lightning actually <laughs> came away with a two-goal win. And uh, the the really interesting one for me, Kara Conan actually got player of the match in this one, 37 of, of 40. And what a luxury for Nolan Tyrua to have to have Peace Proscovia, who's played an entire World Cup for Uganda, to, to come in, uh, only shot three of three in the time that she was on the court, which was very little. But for Kara Conan, such a confidence boost that Tarua believes in her to come in and, and take that starting goal shooter bib and, and, and shoot really well and, and a very deserving player of the match. She had an absolute blinder of a game. I think that was a real coming-of-age game for her. She kind of stamped her authority and was like, you know what, I deserve this starting seven position. And, you know, full credit to her. Her movement was just impeccable. And the connection she had with Steph Wood. Now, considering that Wood has been away for however many weeks with World Cup, Conan would have been training a lot, you know, with different players and stuff like that. But the connection between the two was really solid. And you could see that they worked well. And Conan was just confident. And she knew that she could back herself. And I think also, like you said, having the that belief of Tarua to, you know, go here, all right, I'll give you the bib, I'll keep you on for as long as you need. And she stood up to the occasion. And it's quite ironic. There's a bit of talk about no young Australian talent in the super netball getting developed. Well, it's the Silver Ferns coach bringing in yeah. a young Australian <laughs> goal shooter to, to develop her and, and give great. her a shot. And so great work by Kara Conan. Uh, the midcourt for the Lightning was probably where this game was won. I think Laura Langman was dominant and Laura Sherrion was like absolutely amazing in, in wing attack and played a great game. So I think that's probably where the Lightning won the game because I think at both ends of the court, it was kind of 50-50. Like the, both defences were kind of getting on top at times and, and both the, both shooting combinations were getting on top at times. But the mid-court, I think that was the Lightning's dominant 
part of part of of the game. Yeah, I just want to add about um, Kara Conan. <laughs> yes, I'm going back to that. Um, I'll talk about the midcourt in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, what I wanted to say was I think in the past we've kind of likened her too much to Caitlin Bassett and just kind of put her in the corner and said, no, she's she's like that and that's how she plays. But I think this game she really came into her own and proved that she is not like that at all. She, The way I described it the other day, and I said this in our um, chat, that she reminds me more of a um, Maui Kamwenta type, a goal shooter who can hold, who can do that part, play that role, but she can also do the moving. And the rotation was um, a testament to that. Uh, her and Steph Wood just moved so flawlessly. And, yeah, maybe she um, didn't necessarily always have the great hands. She juggled a few balls. But um, I was really, really impressed. And I think it was really her, like you said, Taylor, her coming-of-age game. She proved that she's not what people say she is and why she should be, should be getting that starting role. So I was really impressed with that. Well, we'll go back to the to the big court now. Uh, what did you guys think of the Lightning mid court in this game? Well, I think Conan looked so good because the ball that Sherian and Langman were delivering. Because you know the the speed of ball the speed of the ball coming down the court and their transition and just their knowledge of where to place the ball, where to hit the circle edge, and all their all those little things that you know. Uh, a lot of players, you kind of just go over it like, oh, yeah, like it's nothing special, but it's really hard to do that. And for this, for them to step up time and time again and work their way through the defensive pressure because Sherian was on Gabby, Gabby Simpson and Gabby Simpson's no easy beat. You know that she will contest for absolutely every ball and put you through your paces. So the fact that Sherian stood up and said, all right, I know I'm going to probably cop a lot of contacts and I'm going to get close attention, she just worked her way through it and... I think that that was really good to see and that was that connection you were saying through the midcourt that just, it it clicked right from the get-go. And I think another player that kind of flies under the, the radar is Maddie McAuliffe as well because defensively she does all the little things well and she just makes the job for Pretorius and Mawaini a lot easier. And I think we kind of forget about McAuliffe because she isn't that big name player, but yet she is so pivotal to their midcourt and their defensive end. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, McAuliffe's one that I think always has flown on the radar for the Lightning. Uh, done a great job for for them this season. Uh, we do have to mention Gabby Simpson's 100th National League game, so a great achievement for Gabby. Uh, and, yeah, I think sh- she played really well. Laura Sherrion was, was a really good player in this one, but Gabby Simpson just kind of does her job every week and, um, and a great leader of the, of the Firebirds and uh, probably willed them kind of into this game and got them going in that last quarter. We'll move on now. And the second game of the round was the Fever and the Swifts. It was the Swifts taking a 53 to 49 win. A very low scoring matchup in comparison to what we've seen uh, so far in this Suncorp Super Netball season. Uh, But the the Swifts just able to get on top. Do we think this is, I, I don't, I thought the Swifts would probably win this one by more. Might be a little bit of fatigue coming off World Cup uh, because they did have a, a good portion of, of their squad at the World Cup. So do you think this was just kind of a, a, a game for the Swifts to just kind of get back into it and get themselves right? Or do you think the Fever really just took it up to them and, and did a great job? I think the Swifts did take a little while to get back into it. Um, especially that first quarter, they were very quiet. Helen Housby ended up being player of the match. But she was really quiet. I remember watching an ankle pulled over side and said, get into the game or something along that. And 
that in, um that advice she did improve from there but you could tell like she looked like she was struggling a little bit to begin with um some of the other girls you could just tell there was a little bit of fatigue but also I don't think the Swifts had been the best starters all season um they've kind of found the fight to get themselves over they've been down a couple of times but I think the fever to their credit as well they really took (coughs) I think the fever to their credit as well they really took it to them as best they could and they put everything out on the court I think um there's still a lot of room for improvement for them um especially the connections flowing were still kind of missing at times but I think they're getting better I think with the Swifts as well is like they have a they've got a few new players into the side. We've got Kayla Cullen coming in as a replacement player for Kate Eddy who's out injured, and then also we had a Taylor Fraser who was I thought she was really exciting to watch, and she's another great prospect for Australian netball. And, you know, as we were saying before, the SunCorp Super Netball is getting criticised because it's not giving enough opportunities, blah blah blah. But you have someone like Taylor Fraser come up. And, you know, she really stepped up to the plate and I think she did a, a really good job. Yeah, it took her a little bit of time to get into it. But, I mean, what do you expect? You can't expect someone to just all of a sudden, oh, yeah, perfect. I'm going to, you know, be amazing from the get-go. She really worked her way into the game and she was a really exciting player, I think. So I think also with the Swifts, it's, yes, they were fatigued. They also had a bit of a new lineup, So maybe they didn't win by as much as they wanted. But you know what? They still grinded it out and they still did enough to get over the line and that just shows that you know even if things aren't falling their way they can do enough to get over the line. That's something I've been really impressed with with the Swifts this season especially since they've been so good at um, bringing in those young Aussies as well. I mean you look at um, Al Bennett's uh, Sophie Halpin and Taylor Fraser all three of them were playing in the ANL at the beginning of this season so for the three of them to be um, getting up obviously Bennett's didn't take the court this round but for the three of them to be able to step up and put in the hard yards and for the Swifts to still be getting over the line, that I think is a real um, credit to the side. I think they're, um, they've really shaken up the competition because they're willing to put their faith in those young guns and they're still able to get over the line and get those wins on the board. Um, doesn't matter if it's a little bit messy. Obviously, they did have some players coming out of the World Cup like every team did but then you look at the fever and they only had two players and it was obviously Courtney Bruce and Janiel Fowler so that entire fever lineup has had this last month to do everything to work through their connections um, where other teams haven't because they haven't had those players um, who are able to slot into those roles who would be starting players so it's especially interesting that the Swiss were able to get over the line regardless of that even though the Fever have had all this time with majority of their players. Yeah, it's a very interesting point. I think those young players you talk about for the Swifts, it's obviously big shoes to fill with Matty Proud going down earlier on this season. So it's great that uh, that they're putting the faith in, in those young guns and seeing them and giving them that court time. It was interesting that Nat Haythorn-Thwaite didn't take the court yeah. for the Swifts because the plan was for her to come back after the Nipple World Cup and play. And we thought, oh, okay, that's a straight swap for, for Matty Proud. Uh, but didn't take the court, obviously came back in the World Cup after a long layoff with injury. So I guess still a bit of fatigue and obviously played so many games in in those nine days. So it's an interesting one to look out for. We'll probably, I assume we'll see her take that starting wing attack bib come the end of the season, but there are, are only four rounds left after this. So 
it's going to be a very interesting one to see how they get her on, how they get her on the court and how often they can get her on the court to play uh, because she's going to be integral to their finals push. Yeah, well, I just think that they're probably wanting to keep her for those big games. They knew that coming into a game against Fever, who were lower on the ladder, they knew that they could get over the line. They obviously had her in the lineup just in case, but I think that they would have been resting her so that she's ready to go for even the Lightning game this week because she's going to be really... Um, needed in this lineup. So I think it's it, I think it's more about that and getting the rest time for her than um, her not being right to play. Yeah, yeah, sense. I get that. Yeah. Um, Sam Wallace, 24 of 29, didn't play out the game. Sophie Garvin came in, shot 7 of 8, I think did a good job when Faith was put in her. Uh, on the Fever side of things, Janine Fowler, 43 of 47, which is just a typical game for Janine Fowler. <laughs> uh, the one interesting thing for them is Alice Teague kneeled play the entire game in goal attack. No Kalia Stanton in this one. Uh, no, obviously both players f- are fresh after after not going to, to World Cup. So I it's it's an interesting one that they played Alistair I think that was because um, when I was listening into the commentary, I think they were saying that Stanton had a bit of a foot injury. Yep. Um, so they probably just didn't want to risk that. I don't know how severe it is or anything, but... Yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess it's just interesting that she's there on match day. I... Sh- I yeah. Personally, think if you're there, you're sitting on the bench. You're, you're ready, ready to, to come play. In and play. Mm. So, yeah. mm. I, if there I is so, if there is something there, we'll obviously see in the weeks to come. If it is Alice Tignell taking the court every week for the Fever, especially, <laughs> I think that Kalia Stan is like a, is a great asset for the Fever. And I think if they want to post big totals and if they want to be that dominant force, then they need to have a secondary shooter because no one has been able to replace the role that Nat Medhurst yeah. t- did last year. And Medhurst, we know she didn't take put up a lot of shots, but her feeds into Fowler were virtually unstoppable. But I think this year, Alice Teague Neal and Kalia Stanton both haven't been able to feed into Fowler with the ease that Medhurst yeah. did. They're, they're not really finding that mix of shots no. and, uh, and feeds exactly. because Alice Teague Neal in this one was six of twelve. So I think when we when we were seeing Nat Medhurst put up twelve shots, she was making ten or eleven. So exactly. they've got to find that that kind of mix and how it'll work for, for them. And not only that, in the attack end then, you look at um, Alice Teague Neal, she had eight general play turnovers. That's a lot of ball that's going missing. Yeah. I mean, Fowler also had four. So I'm not saying that it's all on Alice Teague Neal, but if you want to be able to, you know, get over the line, you want to post those high totals that we know that they're capable of doing, yeah. you need to clean up that area. You need to ensure that you can you know, get ball into the into the ring, essentially. Yeah, it's just there's so, still so many questions over the fever and we're in round 10. So it's going to be a very interesting last month of the season for them. We'll move on now to the third game of the round. And this one was the first of the doubleheader at Melbourne Arena on Sunday. It was the Magpies and the Giants. The Giants won this one 63 to 56. This result could have been a lot bigger than what it was because the Magpies won the last quarter 22 to 11. And they were down by 18 at one point. Down by 18 at three-quarter time. So a credit to them that they're able to come out in the last quarter and and win that so convincingly. But it just all went wrong so quickly. Uh, We'll get into the game in a second. We're going to talk about the big talking point of the week from Super Netball, and it's kind of the elephant in the room, Uh, the exchange between Kelsey Brown and Robert Wright. Um, I'll probably start it off. It, it obviously wasn't a good look from Rob Wright, from Collingwood's 
perspective as a whole. Um, I guess these kind of conversations happen in timeouts all the time. It's it's unfortunate that it was caught on camera and they had the mics there, but it, it really just didn't sit well with me. And I think we all kind of thought, oh, I think Steph, you kind of had a different opinion. The three of us thought Kelsey Brown was playing really well to that point. Um, but I, I just don't think she deserved the feedback that she got from Rob Wright. I'm... I didn't think she was playing well, but I didn't think she was playing bad either. Yeah. I do think she... If you were able to give her yeah. some positive feedback, <laughs> like, you would be able to. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's Kelsey Brown. I don't think she was doing terribly weird. She was having an absolute shocker. But I think a lot of her problem was her, the teammates around her as well. Like, she wasn't looking as good because she didn't have the support. But um, yeah. also, yeah, it was a very tense exchange. Um. To me, it kind of just felt like there was more to it. Yeah. Like, I don't think we saw everything to that story there. And that's what Liz Alice said on yeah. the commentary as well. She said that kind of stuff just doesn't come out of nowhere. There's There might be some underlying tensions there. Yeah. And we haven't seen either Rob Wright or Kelsey Brown come out and say anything since. Obviously, Rob Wright. After the game, yeah. Rob Wright said, like, you know, um, it probably wasn't the thing... Yeah. He didn't want it to be seen that way, or you know, he didn't want that conversation to have been aired in a in a type of way that it was. But at the same time, we also have to remember that these are professional athletes, yeah. and you have to be prepared to have the hard conversations. Yeah. And I think the thing that shocked everyone the most is that it was netball. If we had seen <laughs> the same thing that happened with the footy, everyone would be having a laugh. I mean, you think about some of the sprays that you've seen over the years from footy play from footy coaches. And other sporting codes like that. And we're like, oh, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I don't think that the way that they acted and the way – I think both of them were at fault there because they knew that they were – you could see that, okay, if I said one thing, then maybe this will lead to that. So I think it kind of just got bigger than and than what they were expecting. But at the same time, you have to know – like, you can see the media right there. You have to know yeah. that, that, it, was, that you're going to get question, caught. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it was uh, – You go, Steph. Yeah. Um, I just think, like, the interaction, it was quite tense. Yeah. I think Rob had, Rob Wright had every, well, had every right. And I think he <laughs> was coaching how he needed to at that point in time. Maybe it came, I think it did come across a bit harsh. Um, when you just looked, she just looked so frustrated. Like, she just really needed something positive. Yeah. yeah. From my perspective in that moment. 100%. Um, and I think he probably should have tried to find something. Yeah. But also I can see both sides of it, you know, being a professional athlete, you've, can't, you've come back from a World Cup, but you knew that's what you were signing up for sort of thing. So she's kind of just got to get on with it as my, well. It's, it's such my a hard question situation. though was if he thought she was playing that badly, why did he want her to go back on the court? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. what happened was is she per, she took off her bibs herself and gave them to Kimi Oropoi. Yeah. It wasn't... Like he said, okay, you come off now. She actually initiated that and said, let's have a chat on the sideline. So my question is, if if she was actually playing that badly, one, why wasn't she subbed off in the middle of the quarter before a timeout? Because let's be real, players still do that. Um, and number two, why was she going to go back on court if he really thought that she was going that badly? Yeah. So I I really think, like everyone else has said, there's there's a lot more to it than what meets the eye, than what we've seen. Um, at the end of the day, I feel like we just keep talking about it and there's nothing <laughs> new coming in about yeah. it. So it's, it's 
almost unnecessary to keep talking about it. But yeah, they, there is a little bit of a question mark over um, that exchange. Yeah. So I think if it if it becomes a kind of week in week out thing that Ron yeah. Wright's having these chats with players and it's kind of there is tension there we'll, we have to keep talking about it but 100 percent, yeah. it's a once-off incident at the moment um I'm sure they'll get over it they're, they're adults they're both professionals so um they'll chat about it and they'll get over it uh we'll get into the netball now and a, a seven goal loss as we said for the magpies uh this one was really won in the first half by the Giants they just dominated um were up by 11 goals at half time and, and just didn't look like the Magpies were getting back into this one. Uh, where did you guys think the Giants won it or where do you think the Magpies kind of lost it? I think the Magpies did well that first quarter, but then the Giants just stepped it up. They took the lead at the end of the first quarter, I think by a couple goals, and they just rolled with it into the second quarter and they just absolutely did everything they had to do. They tightened up their defence. They worked well transitioning the ball down quickly and the Magpies just kind of really just struggle like it was what we've seen kind of all season they're hot and then they're cold and it's not like it's not even just like lukewarm it's like ice cold yeah the second (laughs) the second quarter was pretty average by the Magpies that sounds harsh but they didn't even reach double figures they scored nine goals to 18 they were the the Giants doubled their score and I mean you can't win a game with like that type of margin, I, you know, and they were just well and truly outplayed across the court. And you could see that the Magpies were really laboring and they just, they struggled and the Giants just kicked into gear all of a sudden. It was like, they were like, all right, let's just show them, let's get this over and done with. And then we can take the foot off. Yeah. Like the last quarter, they, the Magpies piled on 22 goals Imagine if they could do that for a whole yeah. four quarters. Even if they did that for two quarters, post 22 quarters, uh, two, 22 goals in two quarters, you know, you've yeah. got something decent there. But it's just the inconsistency that's getting them once again. And there's such a big jump between their best and their worst. It's that huge. That's what the real issue is there. Because like you said, it's the consistency. And they just can't string it along for multiple games and even just multiple quarters. I was about to say, it's not just games that's the issue. It's quarters yeah. now. Yeah. It used to be at the start, we were like, oh, okay, they've lost one game. Now it's like, oh, they're getting smashed in three quarters. Oh, we'll put on a really good quarter and be yeah. like, okay, we're proud of one quarter. And it, it's interesting because we can't really use the World Cup excuse with the Magpies because they had three players go away to the World Cup, Jeeva Mentor, April Branley and Kelsey Brown. So you still look at, they've got, they're still able to work on a lot of those combinations. Uh, probably their defense is the only one that really is hurt from, from that World Cup. So it, it's... It's a real interesting one for the Magpies and, and now it puts them in a very tough position because the Giants now jump them on the Suncoff Super Netball ladder. So they're sitting outside of finals at the moment. There's a chance for them to kind of get back on that winning run uh, this week up against the Thunderbirds. We'll speak about that just a little bit later. Um, a couple of milestones in this one. Christina Ma- Christiana Manua played her 50th National League match and did an awesome job for the Giants, I think. She really ran that Methurst off the court and forced a change for Gabby Sinclair to come in for the Magpies. And the one we were all excited about, Ash Brazel playing her 100th National League game. A big week for her. Obviously, her and her partner, Brooke, announcing uh, they're expecting their first child. So congratulations to them. And I think Ash Brazel did what she needed to do. She's kind of the heart and soul of that Magpies netball club. 
Um, and, and started in centre because wow. yeah. she's yeah. a gun. I was just about to say that. <laughs> yeah. You got yeah. stole it. Taylor and I were on the sideline and we saw what the lineup was and we were like, no. And what? <laughs> had, what is going on? We, yeah, we actually had to ask. We were like, are you sure she's starting in centre? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yes. Yeah, she. I thought she did a really good job in centre, actually. Um, you could tell that she was tiring out a little bit more easily than she usually does, but clearly it's something that they've worked through in training because um, her and Rav's. Um, Worked pretty well together. Obviously, Rav's in wing defense. Um, yeah, I was frustrated by the Magpies, um, but their last quarter, like everyone's been saying, their last quarter was awesome. So it's like, why can't they just make it a continuous and you know nice and consistent? Who I was actually really pleased with was Shimona Nelson. I think yeah. she has shown great, like so much growth this season. Yeah. Just seeing some of the takes she she did was yeah. I was like how on earth did you bring that down that was that was the biggest criticism of her game going into this season and when exactly. she signed for the Magpies was her hands just are so weak at some times and defenders get to balls really easily against her well I think yeah all doubts about that are kind of gone now because that was a, an extraordinary game from Shimon and Nelson still had nine general play turnovers yeah. though like yeah. I was still watching going oh we're losing a lot of ball yeah. in attack yeah, I, I, but she was a lot better. I think she looked more confident than yeah. she has. Previously. I think that was also due to the pressure that the Giants were putting on oh, Sam yeah. Pullman and Manua. Yeah. They were all um, over her. Yeah, they they did a great job in defence. We'll speak about Manua now because she played an absolute blinder in her fiftieth game, and as I said, she basically forced a change for the Magpies and forced Nat Medhurst off the court. Um, that's something that is hardly done by a goal defence, and and for her to do it in a fiftieth match is a testament to. Um, how she's improved this season. I think so too. I think that with the Giants defensively, we kind of, you know, always skim over them because they don't have that designated big name player, like yeah. an international player or, an, or a diamond or something like that. But the thing is Pullman and Manua just work so well together. And you could see that um, Manua was really relishing the work that Pullman was doing in the goal circle with um, Nelson. And she could just go and do what she wanted to do, get those intercepts, get those, get those tips. And she just applied really great pressure on Medhurst. She covered her on every drive and every everything she did, she was right there. And I think she just had a, a really good game. And it was really exciting to see, like, just... I think even the growth, because last year she got virtually no court time seeing yeah. that Beck Bully was still there. So... Her getting that extra court time this year, you know, she's really grown. Yeah, and and as I said, Nat Medhurst is a disappointing game for her. Obviously, Manua held her really well. I can't remember the last time I saw Nat Medhurst have less than 10 feeds over the past two years because nine feeds for this one, only five assists, which is something that we have hardly seen from her with the, way, with the role she's been in over the last two seasons. So... Um, the Magpies, as I said, have a game against the Thunderbirds this week to kind of figure figure that out and, and see what they can do going into this last month of the season. But a real confidence booster for the Giants. Uh, well, actually, I was going to move on, but <laughs> I did want to speak about one more thing about the Giants. Um, Kim Green actually came off with, it looked like a finger injury or a hand injury in kind of that first or second quarter. Uh, Kira Austin actually came on in wing attack. Uh, what did you think of, of that move? I really like Kira Austin. Sorry, Steph, I just cut you off. Yeah, I really like Kira Austin. <laughs> I think she's a gun. I think she's going to be um, really big in the future because she's just so um, valuable and she can do – she does what she has to do. Um, yeah, she was in wing attack for two quarters. I think it was the yeah. second and third and then went into goal attack in the last. Um, and, yeah, like I said, really – 
consistent. She didn't um, necessarily have the accuracy in goals. I think she only shot five from nine, it yeah. says here. So um, not her best, but um, for the work that was going around, uh, going on outside the circle, the work she was doing in wing attack, I was very, very impressed with. Yeah, and obviously with two shooters in Bassett and Harton coming off some big workloads at, at the World Cup, it's good to kind of it's a luxury to have that third shooter that can come in and, and do a job. Um, but that is it. That's all I've got to speak about in that game. We'll move <laughs> on now. The final match of round ten was the Vixens up against the Thunderbirds, and the Vixens won this one sixty-three to fifty-seven. Uh, again, this was the first half was where this match was won by the Vixens because in the second half. Um, it was 32 apiece and 16 goals a quarter for, for both sides. So the, the Vixens got out to a fast start and just really didn't let go. So what did you guys think of this result? I was pretty impressed with how the Thunderbirds kept up for quite a bit. Yeah. Um, they've got no Gusketh, no Falau, and it just shows that they've got some talents coming up through the ranks down in South Australia, um, and I think it's really good to see that they were getting court time and they were playing really well. Um, the Vixens, I don't know if there was maybe a little bit of World Cup fatigue for a little bit of the match, because um, I think you would, if you looked at it and any other round, you'd say the Vixens should have won by a lot more. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting one because they did have a lot of players go to the World Cup. They also had three players who went as training partners and then went on holiday to Italy, I think it was. So <laughs> they, would have, they, they would have been pretty refreshed. But uh, as you said, the World Cup might have just taken its toll on the Vixens a little bit. Um, it, it was kind of interesting, though. Obviously, the squads have been extended to 12 players and the three players that the Vixens brought in, uh, Jackie Newton, Kim Kamane and Maui Kumwenda, which was a very exciting uh, to see her kind of even just back in the squad. It's just great to see her after that ACL. Um, but they just didn't really make any changes. It was kind of Mannix and Dehaney were the only ones that switched for each other. And that is like, that kind of like gave me a bit of concern because you could see Katie Thwaites was was tied. You could see yeah. it on court. And she was in goal attack as well. Exactly. And she was pushed out to goal attack. Now, you know that she has just come off a, like a pretty big circuit. Yeah. World Cup is no easy feat. Yeah. And then you also know that she has some strapping on her knee and all of that. We maybe precaution, just yeah. take her off for a little bit. She was puffing hard. Which which is hard because the goal, one of your shooters that you've got on the bench is Maui Kamwenda, who's also coming back from an ACL. But you also Do you have, want to bring her back yeah, in a high-pressure situation? You have Kim Kamane. You yeah. know that Kim Kamane can stand up under pressure. She's, she's played over in England, so she knows what it's like. And I think... I think I've said this time and time again, the thing with the Vixens is they never make changes. Yeah. And that's a good thing because, you know, they're consistent. But at the same time, longevity, you need to look after your players. And I think Lizzie Watson at stages was also getting a bit tired and you could see it. And it's like, well, you have someone like Lara Dunkley that could come on and do the job. It's yeah. not like they have a shortage of options. Do you know who they would have liked to have as a shooter backup? Emma Ride, who Ooh, is with boy. the Thunderbirds. Yeah. <laughs> As the replacement for Flau, um, she shot 28 of 30 in this one. I think did a really good job. Obviously came in seemingly at the last minute, uh, but did a good job for the Thunderbirds. I, I think the Vixens just never looked like losing this one. Yeah, 100%. Although the Thunderbirds but they challenged didn't them. look like they yeah. were winning either. And finishing this game, it didn't feel like they had won. Because it was just, it, I mean, obviously the entire second half was completely even. So 
it was only those first two quarters that really got the Vixens over the line. And even just the last two minutes of the second quarter, it was just goal for goal in the second quarter. And then um, Katie Ann Dehaney, Queen Dehaney, as I like to call her, killed it. She came on for the last two minutes, I think it was, of the um, second quarter and came in and shook up the game. She did what the Vixens needed her to do. She was a real impact player. I was very, very impressed with that. Um, but, yeah, she played – like, it was a very good tactical decision, actually, having Dehaney come on um, against Emma Ride because they are teammates in the ANL, um, or they were when the ANL season was on. So that was a good tactical decision. Obviously, they've trained together. They've played against each other in trainings. Um but, yeah, full credit to Emma Wright. She was really impressive. Um, her rotation, even with Sasha Glasgow, who was in a, an unfamiliar position. Obviously, she's p- played goal attack before, and we've seen that this season. But her preferred position is goal shooter. For, so for her to come out um, of the circle and still be quite on song, she only missed four shots for the match. I was, yeah, very impressed with the goal circle for the Thunderbirds and full credit to them because they – took it to the Vixens when they knew the Vixens were um, down. And the thing is, I I feel like I always say this about different players and different teams, confidence. They're a confidence team and when they're all working together and they're all got the connections going, they're unstoppable. But when there's one connection that's out of whack, the other team, if they can poke a hole in that, they can take full advantage and the Thunderbirds did that. Yeah, that's a really good point because we've seen them get blown out in some games this season and it kind of... That fast start, they kind of heads down and, and they can't really come back from it. Um, other times they get a little bit of that confidence boost and they just can kind of continue on that and get on that roll and, and get close to some of the top teams. Uh, we'll flip back over to the Vixens now. A big milestone for Tegan Phillip. Played her 112th game for the Vixens, which is uh, now take, taken over uh, as the most for all, most all-time for the Vixens, taking going past Bianca Chatfield. Uh, she was also player of the match in this one. Shot 33 of 40. Um, a, a tiny bit inaccurate, but I think still did a great job working with Katie Thwaites. Obviously, Thwaites a little bit fatigued, as you said, after World Cup. So Philip standing up and doing a good job um, for the Vixens. Uh, this midcourt for the Vixens spoke about Liz Watson a little bit, but Kate Maloney, I think, was a, a real star for, for the Vixens in this match. I mean, everyone knows I love Kate Maloney anyway. Yeah, so someone else should talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Rude. No, but I was just going to say, I felt like she did a really good job. Um, in centre, I felt like quite often um, what happens is you don't you, – you almost forget that she's there, and I think that's the – the best role a center can have because you don't notice all the work they're doing. And then you look at the stats and you're like, hang on, they were there the entire time. They were doing all this work. And I just think the work she and Renee Ingalls were doing to make up for the, maybe the legs that um, Lizzie Watson didn't have because she's come off playing mostly full games throughout the world cup, playing in center as well. So not her traditional position. Um, So I thought Maloney and Ingalls really picked up the slack really well. Um, and Maloney had only had two less assists than um, Lizzie Watson did. So, yeah, full credit to both those players. Yeah, well, the Vixens, a great result for them going into this last month of the season. They're looking to kind of secure, I think they, they will, they'll play finals, just kind of where they'll finish on the ladder. Um, we'll go to round 11 now, coming up this weekend. Uh, some big games coming up. It's just they're, they're all big games going into this last month of the season True. because... It's just so close everywhere in on the ladder. 
Uh, the first match of this round is the Vixens going up against the Fever in the reverse fixture. It was a draw, 63 all. Uh, do we think it, it'll be similar? Do we think one team's going to be on top of this one? I think it'll be just as close because I think the Fever are building into form. I know we were saying before that, you know, they, they have been working on those connections and you can see that the part, the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle are starting to come together yeah. again. So I think it will be close, but I think that the Vixens, they just know how to win and they have such a strong team and a strong structure that I think that they should get over the line. Who are we all tipping? Vixens. Vixens. A close one as well, but yeah, Vixens. I'm, yeah, I'm going Vixens, but close. Yeah, oh, I'm going to say the same. Second game of the round, Lightning Swifts. This is a top-of-the-table clash. This is a huge one. Uh, in the last time these two sides met, it was 59-57 Lightning. So I, I, I would tip the Lightning in this one. I think the Swifts are just kind of working back into working back into the season after Netball World Cup. Um, and the Lightning are kind of doing the same, but I, I think the Lightning will just be too good in this one. Yeah, I'm yeah. with you on that one because I think the Lightning have just shown that they, they haven't skipped a beat. They've come back from World Cup and it's like nothing ha- ever happened. They've just stepped right back into the same routine rhythm and I think that they should get over the line. Yeah, I'm Everyone tipping, else? Yeah. I'd tip your Lightning as well just because, yeah, they've. I just think the Swifts also play a bit of a slower style of pace Yeah. and Lightning, they can do it and they can do it quick and I think they'll just get on top. It, it will be a, very interesting because I think the the big thing about the Swifts this season is how they take care of the ball and they're able to work that mm. ball around it into the goal third really well. Um, going up against a player like Carla Pretorius and Pumzamwaini who'd like to go for those intercepts and uh, and do that stuff. So it'll be a real interesting matchup. Sophie, you're going to say Lightning as well or Swifts? No, I'm going to switch it. I'm going to go Swifts. I just think, like Taylor was saying before, they know how to win. Um, same with Lightning, but I think Swifts will be out for vengeance after losing earlier on in the season. Um, and, yeah, I think they've still got a few more tricks up their sleeve. Well, the third game of the round is the Giants up against the Firebirds uh, in the reverse fixture. It was 69-61, Giants favour. Uh, the, the Giants after this weekend, I can't see them losing this one, and I think it might even be a bigger result than last time. The Firebirds, though, fought really well against the Lightning, so you never really know what can happen. Who are you guys tipping in this one? Giants, definitely for me. I think they're just, they've come into form. They won against them well last time. I think the Firebirds, they had a good second half, but I just can't see them getting up against the Giants the way the Giants are travelling at the moment. Yeah, I'm the same. I think that for the Firebirds, the defensive end just won't be able to stand up to the likes of Hartman and Bassett. They just, they can shoot. It's as simple as that. It doesn't matter where they are. Well, actually, for some, it matters where they are. (laughs) But like... For for them, like they just they're a strong unit, and I think defensively they just won't be able to to stop them from scoring. So I think the Giants will win, but I do think it'll be close because the Firebirds do have some fight in them. Yeah, I agree with that. I reckon Giants win, but Firebirds will be close because I mean, and like again, like what Taylor said, Hart and Bassett they they worked really well together on the weekend. You could tell. Um, and, yeah, we didn't speak about them, actually. But you could tell Harton wasn't actually coming out of the circle all that much. She was playing more as a goal attack hanging back in the circle. But that didn't seem to affect them. Um, and I felt like they did a really good job. So, yeah, I think Giants, but 
it'll, it will be a close one. Yeah, we didn't speak about Joe Harton or Caitlin Bassett. Harton was actually a player of the match in, in that game against <laughs> the Magpies and we didn't speak about her. Um, there were more yeah, pressing issues. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be an interesting matchup. The final match of the round, Thunderbirds, Magpies. We did speak about this one just a little bit before. Last time it was the Magpies winning 65 to 47. I think this will be a lot closer this time, especially away from home for the Magpies. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> Can Spells we? Disaster. Can we? Could we see a little bit of an upset here? I think we definitely could. The, the way the mag that take away that last quarter from that match and kind of think it's the Thunderbirds the are building. The Thunderbirds are really they're assembling. Building and I knew you were going hey. to say that. I could they're actually assembling. sense it. <laughs> I, I yeah, could sense it coming. It's because I use it so often. <laughs> I think if the Thunderbirds are going to win a match, this is the one they're going to win. I can't decide because I think that the Magpies have a point to prove after that game and after all the controversy and all the spotlight on them, they have a point to prove that, you know, we're not just a one-trick pony, we can actually win. But at the same time, Thunderbirds have some great players. Like if if Falau comes back, you know, yeah. she's been in ripping form and her and Glasgow can both shoot really well. So I think it's going to be a lot closer, but I'm I'm going to go with my gut and go with the pies. Just hoping. Yeah, I'd <laughs> I'd still pick the pies, but I think they're definitely going to be shaken. Yeah, Sophie, what do you think? She's oh, going to go Thunderbirds. No, I'm thinking I might go for a draw. Oh. I want another draw because it always makes me laugh. I'm so bad, <laughs> but I I reckon Mute it her. will be so close that it it, it won't be able to, they won't be able to be separated. And I'm hoping for that because then we can have again the, we makes can have me the laugh. chat again about whether or not we need to have extra time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to say magpies in this one as well. I think they'll just be too good. But yeah, as I said, I think it'll be a lot closer than what it was last time. Uh, finally, our team of the week for round ten. Uh, we'll start off in defence and Punta Moeni in goalkeeper did a great job uh, against the Firebirds, and I think really deserving that spot. Shamira Sterling was one that got thrown around. It was probably the next best. And um, I thought, yeah, uh, but I thought Moeni was just too good for the Lightning. In goal defence, it's Cristiano Manua, 50th game. And as we said, uh, an awesome job on Nat Medhurst. Um, I, I think this is maybe a second or third time in our team of the week this season. Um, Possibly. She's, she's kind of building really nicely this season, um, I think she's she's done a great job. Obviously, taking that starting role after Beck Bully retired uh, has done a great job this season for the Giants in wing defence. Ash Brazel, as There's said, a surprise. Shine, shine, <laughs> shining light for the Magpies. Uh, this was a, a tough decision between Brazel and Renee Ingles, um, but it was Ash Brazel. Um, there's I, I, I can't, there's not, not, nothing new I can say about Ash Brazel because <laughs> week in, week out, she does her job. As we said, she's the heart and soul of the Magpies Netball Club. And yeah, another great performance from her. Uh, in centre, Kate Maloney. Sophie, very happy about this one. <laughs> Always. Um, she campaigned real hard for that. <laughs> Actually, our, no, I did it. She wrote heart next to it. Okay, no, <laughs> but worth noting that I had originally said Langman and then everyone else was like, yeah, I reckon Maloney. And I was I like, well, that's fine. That. She I definitely said, did. So, no, I did. Sophie I did, did change from Langman to Maloney. I did change from Langman, Langman to Maloney when everyone else was like, okay, I reckon Kate Maloney. And I was like, that's fine with me. I never the only reason why I didn't in the first place was because I knew Taylor would get angry at me. 
Taylor gets angry at you. <laughs> True, I, I, I get the I get the anger either way. Yeah, uh, uh, Kate Maloney obviously great on the weekend. Langman also very good for the Lightning. We spoke about her a bit earlier. Um, yeah, but Kate Maloney I think just too good in the end, and and was a star for for the Vixens. In Wing Attack, this was our poll for this week, so do go follow us at Pod on Twitter. Every kind of Tuesday evening, we'll put out a poll for the final spot in our team of the week. This one, we couldn't decide between Liz Watson, Laura Sheridan, and Kelsey Brown. Liz Watson won this one pretty convincingly in the end, um, and another great performance from her. We've seen it time and time again from Liz Watson, and, and to come out after the World Cup, uh, and, and putting in a performance like that is a testament to, to her ability. In goal attack, we have gone with another diamond in Gretel Tippett. Ledge. Uh, <laughs> she's just continued her season season for the ages, I reckon, because yeah. 30 of 31, she's hardly missing. And for a goal attack, and especially the way Gretel Tippett plays, to be shooting so accurately is just something we have hardly ever seen before. Um, and, and a great job from her in goal shooter, Kara Conan, player of the match in the lightning firebirds game. And I think, as we said before, a, a really kind of asserting her authority in this competition. Yeah. She, she knows she belongs here and, and great for her to, to get that starting role and, and do such a great job. 37 of 40 in her match. And finally on the bench this week in our team of the week in defense, we've gone with Katie and Haney. Uh, Sophie, you campaigned really hard for, for her to make the bench spot in our team of the week. In midcourt, we've gone with Renee Ingalls. Another uh, this... one she campaigned for. Here's yeah. an idea. Let's just put the whole Vixen side <laughs> in. No. Okay. Okay. Uh, look, re- please refresh my memory. I, I kind of get where Sophie's coming from, though, with these ones. I just thought both of them played really well. Um, I know I'm biased. I'm very aware of it. Um, that's why it's funny. <laughs> cool. Well, Renee Ingalls, I think, did a, did a great job for the Vixens on the weekend and I think really deserving of that spot. It's just unfortunate Ash Braz is kind of there and, and, and also played a great game, whereas Renee Ingalls probably would be in the starting seven. In attack, we've gone with Janiel Fowler. As we said, a, a pretty stock standard game from her, 43 or 47 in the Fevers match. So uh, another team of the week nod for her. That is all we have time for on the Centre Pass podcast this week. Do go to netball.draftcentral.com for more Suncorp Super Netball news and reviews, and we will speak to you next week.